Do you hear how intense that was? Holy crap! I thought it was gonna go everywhere. Is that a shit? (laughs) (laughs) You could never touch anything with that hand again! You don't know me. Did you know I wanted to be a dancer? like Illilia when they're like so has the flood really oh. affected you at all and he's like nope not at all like maybe because I couldn't get groceries and I just talked about how I couldn't get groceries I know I'm just so like all I need to do is start padding my pizza down to get the the, the, the fat off the fat off of it <laughs> ah. oh. Hey, buddy. Hey, hey. Any any difference now? Yeah, you're oh. synced up, I think. Oh, good, good. I rebooted all my shit. <laughs> Maybe that Awesome. Helped. Oh, that looks oh, so much better. Oh, good. I can actually look at you while you talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. The cognitive dissonance must have been mad. Oh, <laughs> man. I was, it was so, I was so OCD, like I couldn't even look over because <laughs> Oh, it's awful. I can't even look at you. <laughs> yeah. It's like you'd be talking, but then you would be, the video would be you listening to what I just said. Oh. And so you're like, nothing would be moving. And then you would stop talking because it would be turn, time for me to talk. And then your lips would be moving. It was really <laughs> unnerving. Uh, Let's just fucking go in. Hey, long walkers. Welcome to episode 83. Oh, yeah. Of- <laughs> I don't know why I did that. That's fantastic. I've never oh, done that need- in 83 episodes. <laughs> we need Moto in here to take it. That was like a perfect setup for shit, son. Like- <laughs> I know. Well, oh, well, this man. is Dave talking weird at you from Northfield, Minnesota. This is Palmer. Uh, Talking to you, podcasting from uh, Dayton, Ohio. Uh, good Man. to see you. Good to see you. Good to see you too, buddy. Uh, let's crack. Let's just go right into a beer. Hell yeah! Because I think it's due. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm drinking this. I know about this beer only through Stephen King. Uh, Narragansett. Oh, that is, sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where was this one made? This is New York. Oh. Rochester, New York. So, uh, but I, I, he references this in his books. Sweet. So, I got one of those yeah. milk stout nitros that pour you. You uh, pour it hard, as they say. Turn it all right directly upside down. About to yeah. do. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. All right. Well, on three then. Okay. And three. Woo. And. Yeah. 
Oh, that's cool. Man. I gotta let it settle. But uh, <laughs> that's like getting a Guinness. Yeah, you know, I knew that we was were intense. Was it? <laughs> I was like, oh man, it's gonna run everywhere. I Too know. hard. He's coming in hot. He's coming in hot. I guess that's what you're supposed to do to unleash the nitro of it. It's very fun to do. I'm, I, I felt the like, same way when someone did it in front of me first. I was like, oh, no, don't do that. Like, <laughs> when, when you go to edit this, here's what I want you to do. I'm just going to, we're just going to pause. But I want you to replay the audio of you dumping that in again. Okay. Listen to this again. And just listen to how intense just it sounds. Ignore my big mouth that's probably talking over it. But let's just. And. Oh, that's cool. Do you hear how intense that was? <laughs> Holy crap! I thought it was going to go everywhere. It didn't, though. It was, like, perfect. It was a perfect pour. Thank you. Oh, it's Very delicious. Impressive. How's the Nagas? <laughs> Narragansett. <laughs> Narragansett. <laughs> it's actually really good. It's a cheap beer. It's, like, $6 for a six-pack. Nice. Of these big... Of the tall cans, you yeah. Know? So we've been on a cheap beer kick for a while. <clears throat> First off, micro brews—they're delicious, they're potent, but man, are they expensive! Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So, um, we've been on a cheap beer kick. So this was like five ninety nine a six pack, and this is gonna sound so trashy, but it's delicious. So, um. Natty Light, which we drank so much of at the Grand. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> that was like the beer of the Grand. Uh, came out with this. So it used to, they you can make this drink with Natty Light that's called like, Skippy's is the mo probably more appropriate term, uh, but I've heard it referred to as pink panty droppers where you like <laughs> mix it with uh, pink lemonade and vodka and Natty Light, and you make this drink, and it's really good. It's, like, great in the summertime. So huh. they made this beer. It's pink lemonade beer, and it's called Natterdays, like Saturdays, but, oh. like, and it is delicious. So we've been, and that's, like, four ninety nine for a six-pack of big, tall cans like this. Whoa. And it's in like a pink can, and it's delicious. So I would highly recommend trying that to any of our listeners. Uh, Natty Light, if you are looking to sponsor a small-time podcast that's creeping up on their triple-digit count in episodes. Yeah. That's like a year of content. It's got to be. It's like, oh, yeah, like, in terms so, of listening like, to them? As, oh, my gosh. As much as we, as much as we talk. Oh, man. So, yeah, highly recommend Natterday. Cheap beer kick. Long nice. walk. Short drink. Yeah. Cheers, long walkers, wherever you are. Yeah. Quarantined or otherwise. <laughs> oh, before we get into stuff like that, what uh, um, I don't have many, but what does 83 make you think of? We're into these years we're alive now, so I've been trying to do that. We used to do presidents, now this. 83. Did E.T. come out in 83? I want to say 82, but I could be wrong. Supercomputer. Yeah. Uh, 82. Yeah, I don't know why I know that. 82. Wow. <laughs> Way to go, penis breath. <laughs> yeah, I always thought that was really intense. Well, not always, but when I got old enough. 
<laughs> yeah, no, there's a lot of there's a lot of like really. But then when I thought back on it, I'm like, my brother and I called each other dickhead all the time. Like that was like. But if you uh, between the two of those, one has a subtext. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I mean, penis breath is obviously way more offensive, and he like screams it in front of the whole family. Like, yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Man. Well, 83 for me, uh, the most important thing uh, would be that's when Moto was born. So oh, gee. Uh, I think of that. And uh, and then the, other, the only other thing that came to mind was that's when the U2 album War came out. Uh, one of my oh. favorites. But even now, I've been thinking about it. I can't think of other things that are 83. There's a John Mayer song called 83, but I don't know how important that is to me. It's not unimportant, oh. <laughs> I guess. But yeah, well, maybe it's unimportant in the grand scheme of things. But uh I don't know. Let, let's see what uh, M, uh, Return of the Jedi came out in 83. Fuck! Oh, what a bad Star Wars fan I am. <laughs> uh, War Games, The Big Chill. Popular 1983 movies. Is that Flashdance? Yeah. I don't think to this day I've actually seen Flashdance. I have that to look forward to. This is actually, a, there's, a, there's a lot of shit on 83. So, like, Return of the Jedi, War Games, Big Chill, Risky Business, Trading Places, Flashdance, Christmas Story. Oh, yeah. Blue Thunder, National Lampoon's Vacation, Terms of Endearment, Sudden Impact, The Outsiders, The Twilight Zone movie. Fuck the, the, the uh, producer of that film. The Dead Zone. The Dead oh, Zone. Oh! <laughs> Are you looking at the same? You looking at the same ones I am? Maybe. Uh, uh, Al Pacino, Scarface. Oh shit! I miss Gremlins there. Oh. Or no, Octopussy. <laughs> Great. Mr. Mom, the right stuff. Christine, this is a fucking Superman three. Oh. Superman three, dude. Like so one good to a hunting ripped off. Oh yeah, all the right moves. I like that movie with Tom Cruise. The Hunger. Oh, I'm, I've always wanted to see that. Videodrome. I always wanted oh, to see man. Bad Boys, too. The, and, um, the one with Sean Penn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That came out that year. <laughs> There's a movie called uh. DC Cab that's just Mr. T standing in front of a cab looking ornery. <laughs> Crawl? Crawl came out. Rumble Fish. Staying Alive. Well, Staying Alive. Staying Alive's hilarious, though. <laughs> uh, Sleepaway Camp. I've always Strange wanted to see Brew. that. Never seen that either. Lone Wolf and McQuaid. There are a lot of these I have heard of, obviously, but there's quite a few that you mentioned that I have not seen. I only saw Trading Places a few years ago. Star 80? I've always heard of Star 80 with Eric Roberts, but never actually seen that. <laughs> Porky's 2? I haven't even seen Porky's Holy 1. Sh- oh, man, Porky's 1 is fantastic. Talk about misogyny. Oh, <laughs> so okay. Well, that's eighty three. So, anything comes up for you for eighty three though? Nothing bubbling up to the top? No, no. I right. mean, that's the. I mean, I would be three years old. Like, oh yeah, that that's true. I understand. Yeah, it's not like I remember things from that year. I mean, yeah. I remember my brother being born. Actually, a funny the funny story I remember about his infancy was. I remember it was like we used to live right across from West Hill, the elementary school. Yeah. Um, like right directly across. Actually, where Larry was living for a while, we lived like one house down from that. 
okay. when I was that age or in that year. And so I remember um, Moto as a very young baby holding him in this one chair that we had for a long time, this like beige chair that I can remember very specifically. Anyway, so I had no shirt on and he was a baby and he tried to breastfeed <laughs> from me. So, oh, man. That made a, an impression on me that I remember to this day. <laughs> oh, that is very uncomfortable for when he listens to this. I wonder uh, if he remember. I mean, I'm sure he doesn't remember that, but I wonder if that's a story he remembers from that time. <laughs> Moto, do you remember trying to suck on your brother's nipple? Yeah. Let us know when you listen. I mean, I'm not saying it was awesome. Creepily, I was referring to the Chris Farley show (laughs) (laughs) dynamic. (laughs) You can suck on my nipple anytime. (laughs) That he would say, bullshit, you can suck on mine. Boom, Top Gun. Into not even 10 minutes in, Top Gun reference. (laughs) That's impressive. I I was timing it. That was. (laughs) 10 minutes, 34 seconds. That was I act nice. like it was a thing, but maybe now it will be. Yeah. <laughs> Try to get a sneak in a Top Gun. Because you've never actually seen Top Gun, right? Not. No, I have not. I mean, I don't know I, that if I, you'll I, like I it or not, it. but. I faked it till I made it. It's all right. I don't know. Val Kilmer's in it probably a lot. Oh, and he's a dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like, all right. He's well, supposed to be. Probably not a, it's probably not a hard stri- far stretch for <laughs> yeah. him. Probably easy for him to play that character. Oh. He does this thing where he chomps his teeth in this one moment. <laughs> as, he does it as a response. I get it. I, I'm not going to do it to you. Okay. Anyhow. So the world is crumbling around us. We're already having a good time. Yeah, what the <laughs> fuck, man? Like, you ever just wake up? Like, I went to bed last night and I opened my eyes and it felt like it had only been 30 seconds. Oh, really? And, and all I wanted to say was, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I need like four more hours of this, man. Like, it was awful. Oh, did you not really sleep? Was that what you meant? Or it was just like Groundhog no, Day? No, like, yeah, just like Groundhog Day. Like, I just like teleported in time. Like, I closed my eyes and then felt exactly the same when I opened them. But four hours, four or five hours had jumped ahead. Uh, so, so what what has day-to-day been like for you? Like, have, have you been working from home for a while or? Uh, no, new? yesterday was my first day working from home. So, oh, excuse me, Jesus. You know, what What else you got going on? You know, I'm so tired, huh? Uh, <laughs> well, it can be, this is, it's exhausting. I, I, I don't tend to, I'm not terribly alarmist. I'm not, there's a lot of things I just don't really fall prey to that I'm seeing all over the place in terms of like people, what is the word, catastrophizing and all of this kind of stuff. But I, I, it caught me pretty early on when, when not early on in terms of the whole worldwide pandemic, but maybe around the time that word was getting used <laughs> or, you know, when, when the coronavirus officially became a, a pandemic, I started coming to work and I was like, I'm alarmed. <laughs> like I'm not usually alarmed at things, but this is kind of scared me and it's continued. I just find myself oddly out of sorts and it's a big deal. So, so I think it is exhausting. Is, I mean, yawning is fine. I, that's what I was getting at. <laughs> so we're well in, so Ash and I, I am, and, and then Ash, unfortunately by extension, like, uh, Samuel L. Jackson and with his girlfriend, 
he's not a vegetarian, but his girlfriend is. <laughs> it's pretty much makes <laughs> which makes him, him a vegetarian. <laughs> so like, I am a homebody. So really, the idea of like just self isolate, so like social distancing, I, I guess as the kids are calling it these days. Uh, I that that has not impacted me that much. You know, it's really easy for me to not really do much throughout the week because especially when we were doing this regularly, like this would be one night I would have pinball league one night. So I guess I would go out for that Tuesday Ash volunteers. So that's like my bachelor night when I would get my pizza and like watch a movie, like usually a movie I know she wouldn't watch. And then Thursday and Friday are probably like errands, right? And mm-hmm. Friday, maybe we do like movies and a pizza. Let's see pizza twice already. That week. sounds amazing. <laughs> Both of those things sound yeah, so good to me. <laughs> yeah. And, but so this wasn't, that wasn't like a huge, hasn't been a huge drastic impact, right? Cause we're kind of living how we would live anyways on that front. But then like last night, and yesterday I was like, we should really, we had plenty of groceries to probably get us through the weekend, but I was like, we should really try to get out and get something, uh, to try to get past that because in case we get really like locked down, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when we got to the store, that's when it really, like there was, it, like I just and I know, like, you see it on the news and you hear about people, like, panic buying and and hoarding. It was just decimated. And then the stuff that got passed over, it was like all it took was one person not to pick this one thing. And so then nobody picked it. So, it would, like, you would go and, like, you, there would be 10 or 15 feet of empty shelves and then all of this one thing would be perfectly ribboned in the shelf. Whoa. And then another, like, the rest of the shelf would be empty. And it's like, what was a, what's about that one thing that kept, like, that nobody bought this one thing, but they bought everything else around it? That's so weird. That like, is weird. What type, of, what type of products are we talking? Like, uh, the bread aisle and all the bread's gone except for the um, one type? Yeah, like that. Um, so it was like, so... In the bread aisle, ninety nine percent of the bread aisle was empty, um, but then there was this whole section, perfectly still there, of like cinnamon swirl bread, like huh. that nobody bought. Um, the salad dressing aisle was all like there were big barren spots in that, but like we got Thousand Island dressing because we were going to make Rubens with the corned beef that we made, Ooh, and nice. so. Uh, the Thousand Island was like perfectly there. Like it had not even been picked over. It's just weird. <clears throat> so that really impacted us. Just um, going to the grocery store and sort of witnessing the and Yeah, weirdness. It, it made it, re- and, and the impact only in the way, not that it was inconvenienced. We were able, luckily, we were still able, oh, geez, how, how are things going? It looks like the walls are coming in around you, buddy. <laughs> things are okay. The The reason why I'm surrounded by so much stuff is this whole thing has coincided with us getting our floor redone downstairs. <laughs> so yeah. So all of our downstairs is upstairs. So. 
Oh man, the whole <laughs> media culture. Yeah, I'm surrounded by so many things, and the media is just like out everywhere in, in other rooms. Oh, it looks like <laughs> kind of great. It, it, it looks like um. Oh man, it reminds me of so many different scenes from movies. That's hilarious. It was fun for me to go through, and actually, the flooring is almost done. We have this like this guy. We ended up with a independent contractor recommended by a friend of the bride's. And I don't, I couldn't put an age on him exactly. Um, but I'm going to guess between 50 and 60. And uh, so he's got gray hair and stuff like that. And, you know, weathered features of a guy that just fucking works all day. He's doing this whole thing by himself. He's making great time, doing great work. It's incredible. Um, and so it might all, it's going to all, well, almost all be over by early or like early afternoon tomorrow, but the bride is talking about painting. It's like the bane of my existence. I refuse to help, uh. but I feel bad about it. And the whole, th- this whole thing has been, this would, this is like the kind of first world shit going on here. Like we're stressed out about all this home improvement stuff. We've returned baseboard three times to Menards in the last two days. <laughs> Try to get oh. it the right shade. It's just dumb shit. Um, but similar to what you mentioned, like I'm, I'm used to working from home. I, I'm at this point with the, the, with my job, you know, I'm either planning to make little documentary movies, things for college or filming them or editing them. That's kind of it. And then like admin, admin type stuff related to my larger organization. And we filmed um, eight of the nine student interviews we were going to do prior to things getting really serious. And we had to cancel one, but I so where I'm at in that process is like the, the they went out for transcription. They're long interviews about trying something new about the student's whole college experience, and the uh, clients sending me back like these are the bits we like, and then I try to make them work. But like, that that process that I'm going through right now with that feedback and that editing is the same as it would yeah. be if I were working. Now I don't think we're gonna we were trying to figure out like how to. So like showing them doing these things, B-roll type stuff, filming them outside of the studio, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but anyway, so it's just not been different, the, my actual job. And I'm used to working from home a lot if I'm not filming because usually once or twice a week. But anyway, so that's not much of a shift. And, and honestly, the bride made a joke is like everything like you want to watch and interact with it happened like before 1994. So you like, you're not even that impacted by like, she's very sad for instance, that baseball isn't happening. Um, and yeah, yeah, so in a lot of ways I am unaffected. In fact, there's the whole thing about the social distancing and stuff and people trying to bridge that gap for, so that they can have interactions with people. So I'm super fortunate to, you know, be in a happy marriage with, two dogs that bring us comfort. I mean, Jeff's a little bit of a challenge, but whatever. He's also a lot of <laughs> joy and fun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's like, I'm not, I, and I'm not a very social person. So, uh, yeah, it just doesn't, it hasn't affected me much in that regard. Do you, do you know what it made me realize today? What? That I, it's like Illilia when they're like so has the flood really oh. affected you at all and he's like nope not at all like <laughs> maybe because i couldn't get groceries and i just talked about oh, how i couldn't get groceries that's it like 
I know. I'm just so like, I'm feeling very, yesterday I was really dirty too. So I'm like, all I need to do is start padding my pizza down to get the, 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 the fat off. The, the fat off of it. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. It's fun. Um, I just watched, have you heard of this thing? It's called Jacob. It's a documentary called Jacob and it's on Amazon Prime. And uh, it reminded no. me of Ula Lilia. Um, let me look it up real quick. Oh, is that the one where the guy's like, he's like a lawyer, a doctor, yes. or a like tour yes. guide, a like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We, we I watched not, that. I haven't watched it, but uh, I, it's in my suggested. I think you would, I think you would like it. Um, something about him reminds me of you, not in a bad way, <laughs> not in a weird way, <laughs> but like someone who's really smart has sort of, there are different things that they sometimes like weigh and where that they put their energies and, and all of that. Um, I don't, there's not a lot to give away. I was, it's only 45 minutes. I was disappointed oh, that it was oh, so short, a, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, cause it was really fun and engaging. I was going to suggest we watch the trailer together, but the trailer really only shows that he has all these degrees and that's not, yeah, that's very interesting, big, but it's not the most interesting thing somehow. And it, yeah. And it's not like a big part of his life. Right. So. I mean, it kind of is, but, but huh. not at the same time. He's just like yeah. a really interesting, you know, guy he's a he's like lilia or mark borch or or something like you know like a really singular person uh yeah i love those like unique personality pieces yeah i think you like this then so it's um all right it's on uh, amazon prime it's called just called jacob and it's about this super smart guy the one thing i guess i'll tell you is he's also a writer um he writes fiction and he and kind of basically he takes all of this knowledge that he has and infuses it in his fiction and oh. it's like a great repository for the intricate knowledge he has about all these different things. Um, wow! It really makes That's me like want to read his Michael books. Michael Crichton, yeah. Oh, is he? Is he a? Uh, well, Michael Crichton was like a, a doctor, so a oh. lot of a lot of his uh, early stuff that has to do with medical stuff. So there's like a drama strain, which is um about actually about a virus that comes from space and it sh- like kills decimates an entire town except for an old man and a baby. And so they bring these two survivors into this like ultra clean environment to try to study this virus that they have to see how they can combat it. And uh craziness ensues. He also wrote Jurassic Park. Sure. So, yeah, but yeah. he was like So he was like this he was like super smart and intelligent and was a trained doctor, but he wrote these great pieces of fiction. So nice. Um, yeah. Cause I, I think he, he, I think he produced or was the creator behind one of the medical television shows. I like want to say ER. Dr- ER. I think it was ER. Yeah. I think that's right. <clears throat> so, um, that would have been tied to his background. So yeah. Yeah. yeah that's it. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. It's uh, cool. I, I definitely have to, we'll have to check that out for sure. We, um, we've been, Watching so I I mean I'm I'm sure that's not the only awesome thing that you've watched recently, right? Like you it got, might got, be. <laughs> I mean, not. I, oh, really? I haven't been watching a whole lot. I realized, you know, the, we oh, we have wow. our regular shows, our Better Call Saul and Walking Dead and yeah. uh, shit like that. Um, I have the Criterion app, which I think I mentioned last time. Um, yeah, and I was watching uh, particularly Paul Schrader movies on that. Um, and. Uh, quickly one of the ones i meant because he he said in one in this really cool profile that's still up there uh, i think it's called man in a room he's like i've been involved in four great films 
and it's like taxi driver, um, affliction. It's like a Japanese title that starts with an M. I wish I could remember. And, uh, and then this new one, the new West first reform. And so I watched first reform. I really liked that quite a bit. Um, and then I started watching some of the other stuff on Criterion, and I was gonna watch Affliction, but when I, the next time I went back, it's fucking gone. <laughs> so I was like, God damn it! And so this last weekend, I got online, I went back there, and I was scrolling through, and it was like leaving March thirty first. I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sure the rest of the world operates it like this, but I hadn't previously, and so I, I scrolled through to see what else, what what of the things that. I wanted to see were going away. And there was one of his movies, um, Patty Hearst that tells the Patty Hearst story it came out in 1988. Yeah. I never even heard of it. Um, but I was kind of curious and I was like, well, I'll just start it. And then if it's, if I don't like it, I'll stop. And it sucked me in. It, uh, awesome. it, was, it was, yeah, it's kind of cool. Uh, it was pretty stylized and like, and I thought really well done. It was Ving Rhames with hair in that movie. I've never seen that. <laughs> what? I didn't even know yeah. that existed. Neither did I. It was pretty cool. But I think that's the only that's the only movie I can think of for sure. And oh, and I started to watch actually I watched this documentary um that uh let's see, Ross Brothers. This has to do with uh Ritman. That's why I wanna bring it up with you before I forget. A documentary about Ritman? It's not about Ritman per se, but when I was when I was at the um uh documentary thing out in Montana, which I'm so glad I got to go to before it went away or before yeah. the opportunity to travel anywhere <laughs> was gone. Um the first thing first morning was like this these two guys, like I said the last thing I couldn't go to, like I said last time I should say, um was with the documentary filmmakers who made American Factory that just won the Oscar. And so there are all these people that I was unfamiliar with. Like even them, I had no idea when I booked it. I never heard of them. Um, but anyway, the they were part of like these master classes, as they would call them. So the first one was with these guys, the Ross brothers. So they're brothers who make documentaries. And they did like a retrospective of all their work. And they had a new film and all this. And so I, that all happened the weekend before I arrived. So I missed it. But I saw this talk with them. I was curious. So I looked them up online. And on their Vimeo page, they had their first film from 2009 available now to watch for, for free. And it's like 90 minutes. The title of which is four, five, three, six, five, which is a zip code in Ohio. And it's, it's just a kind of a slice of life in 2009 of that place. And there's something so familiar <laughs> about that, um, from having grown up, uh, where we did. It's not that I would recommend watching it necessarily, for, you know, because it, it's, I mean, if you're in the mood for something like that, absolutely. It's free. You can find it on Vimeo. Um, What's the zip code again? 45365. I wonder if there's a trailer. There might be. We don't need to get into that. But I did watch that recently when I, cause I felt, and Roger Ebert called it an achingly beautiful film. Uh, the New York Times said, remarkable, captivating, a small town symphony. And it's yeah. you can it looks like it's shot on DV or something like that. Um, wow. And there there are some slightly more like edgy elements than say we might have encountered on our well maybe not though honestly <laughs> I don't know it it felt familiar I think it it seems like it's Southern Ohio. Uh, 
anyway, but I watched that and I, I really liked it. I, I thought I would turn it off, you know, and switch to something else, but I didn't. I stuck, I was kind of riveted the whole way. Um, but those two movies, I think might be the only ones I've seen new since I spoke to you last. <laughs> How about you? You, um, you were about to say, and then you gave me the opportunity. Of course it's now it's like 15 minutes later. No, 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 that's fine. Um, I got to Ash to watch a scary movie and actually a pretty intense scary movie like kind of blew my mind. Uh Hereditary? Oh you, yeah, we watched that. With, yeah. With Tony Collette? Yeah. Holy fuck, man. That So it was in the middle of the day and I just happened to start it and she was like just putzing around and she started like paying more attention to the screen and then like slowly settled into the living room and sat on the couch. And then we watched this entire thing, like all the way to like Tony Collette with the piano wire, like cutting her own head off. That was, oh, so I forgot that detail. Yeah. Um, so that was really awesome. Uh, and it was a good scary movie. Like it was, um, great really liked it that's the one that supposedly has a coven nod in it i oh we talked really? about Mar- i was like did i mention coven i keep wanting to say coven 19 <laughs> which i know i told you in a uh, text but, uh, yeah yeah um but yeah in the one of the um, like i can't remember what group she goes to maybe a grief group because of her child's passing yeah, there is a shot that mirrors the kind of, uh, and it's one of those things. I don't know if it's intentional, but I like to think it is. Um, that looks like a shot right out of Coven from the, um, the no a- AA group, where it's it's just kind of a wide shot where you see like a a you uh, like a horseshoe of people yeah. sharing, yeah. you know, in group, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I like that idea that it's a nod <laughs> to Coven. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. That was a um, the bride wanted us to watch that when when the time came or when that came to video first whatever that was. Yeah, it's on uh, Amazon Prime. You, uh, it's funny you mentioned Amazon Prime. That we watched that and then uh, we watched. So I found ran across the show on Netflix called "I'm Not Okay with This" or, hmm. but it stars the. Uh, female actress who plays the kid version of Beverly Marsh from It. Oh, sure. And then um, the kid who plays uh, oh, who's the Jewish kid that kills himself as a grown-up? Stanley Urus. Stanley Urus. What's so Mike's last that, name? I was trying to think that earlier. Oh my! I took a walk right before we talked. <laughs> I'm like yeah. thinking about home, the Mike of the group, and and it was, seemed like a weird thing to be thinking about. But now, <laughs> it, Mike, I had no idea. I have no idea. Sorry, he probably <laughs> didn't either. Derail everything, Mike. Mike, it. Uh, Hanlon. Hanlon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm not okay with this. So here's the synopsis. Sydney is a teenage girl navigating the trials and tribulations of high school while dealing with the complexities of her family, her budding sexuality, and mysterious superpowers just beginning to awaken deep within her. So, uh, so uh, Sophia Lillis and then Wyatt Olaf are the two kids from It 
And he fucking steals the show. He is amazing in it. Like, he nails this character, totally owns it, does a great job. Uh, But the whole show kind of has... It reminds me a lot of... And maybe it's just for the narration of, like, my so-called life a little bit. I'm in. (laughs) Uh, I knew you'd be, like... Doesn't she narrate a lot in that show? I like think so. Do? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I rewatched it not too long ago. So the the whole premise gets laid out with the narration very early that she was encouraged she's encouraged by her guidance counselor to keep a diary. And so she just pours her heart out into this diary. And so whenever you hear the narration, it's what she's ultimately writing in her diary. And uh it's fantastic, man. And there's a, I don't want to spoil it, but there's a huge payoff in the last episode. And just like, it builds to it really well. The episodes move really quick. Totally worth checking out. I'm, I'm interested. I think the bride might go for that. Yeah. Uh, which so. would be cool. It's it's so funny, Um, the, the whole narration piece of it, because I, randomly, this whole Paul Schrader movie thing, but that all started with the documentary. It's a short documentary with him um, called A Man in a Room, but he was talking about First Reform. He's like, this is one of my A Man in a Room movies, one of three. And then that movie, um, Ethan Hawke plays a, a priest who's keeping a diary. Um, yeah. Of course, Travis Bickle, <laughs> the taxi driver, keeping a diary. And oh, then yeah. one of the other movies I saw that I hadn't seen before uh, I watched because of this curiosity uh, is Light Sleeper in which Willem Dafoe, a 1992 movie where he plays a drug dealer keeping a diary. Um, so I've actually seen a lot of that convention recently in the few movies I've been watching. So do you think that that's a like brave artistic choice or do you think that's kind of like kind of a cop out to get easy internal monologue like dialogue, right? So you can get a lot of exposition out of the way and a lot of like, you don't have to spend time on development if you can just have your character say what they're thinking, right? Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. So, like, it's it's kind of a cheat. It's kind of like a filmmaking cheat where we can get to the action, we can get to the meat and potatoes of the story a lot faster. If And how much more compelling does it make these main characters if they're angsty enough to, like, confess their thoughts into writing, right? Like, right, that's, right that it's very easy to feel intimate with this character because they are in that this is an intimate act that they're doing and so but it's also kind of cheating at storytelling in a sense that there's no if ands or buts about what a character's thinking cuz they're literally you're getting their thoughts so yeah that's a great point i hadn't thought of it like that i'm trying to uh, think in the context of those three movies i i mentioned yeah, some of them, like the Ethan Hawke character in particular, there's a lot going on with him conflict-wise that you wouldn't know from the way that he yeah. behaves around other people. Uh, the Willem Dafoe one, too. Like, you don't... I don't know. I, I think in each of those movies, it plays a similar role in the Paul Schrader thing. But that's why it's kind of interesting to me. Yeah. Because it's this motif and... and, and uh, I don't mean it... Coming out in that guy's mean work. It. 
a cheat in a negative way by any means. Like it's an effective storytelling method. Um, it just, and it is still character development. I guess I should say that too. No, but that's interesting because it's like that whole idea of narration in movies. That that gets an even worse rap, <laughs> you know. If you yeah. gotta, if you got to resort to narr, like they would say that about Blade Runner or whatever. Um, you know, if you need the narration to explain things too much, then then it means they're not otherwise explained. So it that, right. it, that makes sense as a as a criticism or a way to think about it. Hmm. And I think in the Paul Schrader example, he def he so I I did and didn't know this about him, but he was a film critic and theorist before he ever made movies or wrote movies. Um, and he's written some some cool ones like Taxi Driver and, and Last Temptation of Christ, and uh, he even made one of the Exorcist sequels. So the oh, the, wow. the Exorcist movie Dominion, well. I can't remember what they call it. It's the one that came out in the mid 2000s or something where, so basically Paul Schrader made it and it tells the story of um, Father Marin in, I'm going to maybe say Africa. It's like the first time he encountered the Pazuzu demon, maybe. I could be wrong about oh, this. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And he's played by Stellar, St- Skarsgård, Stellan Skarsgård. Is that how you say that guy's name? You you know the good so this was like dude. the 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 Exorcist prequel, right? Like, yes, 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 yeah, um, yeah. So so Paul Schrader was like he made the movie, but he made a much more I guess cerebral movie than the than the studio or whoever commissioned it wanted it, and so they took it away from him and they gave it to I want to say Rennie Harlan, uh, Harlan Exorcist. Am I right about this? Yeah. So that and then then it came out in two thousand four as Exorcist: The Beginning. Yeah. Father Marin Stellan Skarsgård is haunted by his experiences in World War II, when occupying Nazi troops forced him to be complicit in their atrocities. Um, but anyway, it is it is the the prequel, and so that movie like, came out in theaters um, in two thousand four and on DVD and all that stuff. And actually, Rennie Harlan, if I'm not mistaken, like he might have even made Roadhouse. Man, he's Die got Hard Two, this, Cliffhanger, yeah. This so, he's got Last Temptation of Christ, The Mosquito Coast, Mishima. I think might that's be the, the one, Japanese and that that one I of. I gotta see that one on uh, Criterion that, before a life it goes in away. four chapters. Yeah, I tried to watch. But what's kind of cool is I tried to watch that in the motel room in. Uh, in Montana and it wasn't working. The criterion must not have paid whoever. So I'm like, well, let me try Netflix. And that's why I got to see the Raiders doc, um, that we talked about last time, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then the Martin, the newest Martin Scorsese, Bob Dylan, um, documentary about rolling thunder, which I loved. So it had, had that worked, (laughs) I wouldn't have gotten to see those, but, uh, yeah, sorry. You were going down his, uh, filmography there. City Hall, I'm just looking, I'm just like... Yeah, it's like some better than others, right? Yeah. <laughs> but but all stuff I've heard of. <laughs> yeah. Rennie, Rennie Harlan did not make uh, Roadhouse. I, I know I'm all over the Dark place. Dark is but... the one with uh, Ethan Hawke. Which one? Uh, it's called... Oh, you're looking at Paul Schrader. Uh, the First Reformed is that one. But oh, there, okay. but I, I, I think it's worth talking about what you just mentioned. It's is it called Dark? Um, yeah. So he, this is part of that documentary, and it's a short documentary on the Criterion Channel. But so Schrader had made 
a few two movies with Nicolas Cage in the last few years. One of them is Dog Eat Dog. I've, I haven't seen either, either of these. Dog Eat Dog with, with Nicolas Cage and Willem Dafoe, the, the short synopsis of which is a crew of ex-cons are hired by a Cleveland mafioso to kidnap the baby of a rival mobster. Whoa. What? So this is 2016. And then the other one is... Ooh, where to go? Where to go? Dying of the Light, which is 2014. Nicholas Cage, uh, he's the main character, and he's a he's coming down. So he's in the CIA, but he's coming down with Alzheimer's, and then mm-hmm. he he goes to Rogue to hunt down a terrorist who tortured him during a mission to go on a ride years ago. But similar to what happened with the Exorcist movie, this got taken away by the producers and recut in a way that he didn't like, and so Man. the backdrop of this Man in a Room documentary is like First Reformed is coming out and it did really well. Like it was up for Oscars and shit. I don't know. He might even won something. I don't know. I don't know. In 2017. But in the midst of all this, he's spending his time making this movie dark, which is, it is, Paul, so the IMDb thing says, Paul Schrader was not allowed to come out with the version he desired for Dying of the Light. He took the studio cut and modified it with his artistic license to achieve a closer version to what he had intended. So he's like oh doing this just like, he's like, I have no, I can't show this or anything. I'm just doing it. Cause like I need to. <laughs> wow. He's Yeah. So it's kind of cool. Like he, he's, a, he's like a, imposing a completely different, um, like frenetic energy over the whole thing that wasn't there. And he's doing this right after having made first reformed, which is super like he made all of these rules in that movie where it had to be like supremely austere. Like it's even, it's not even widescreen. It's like four, three, three or like three Academy. Like they're making movies like that again for stylistic reasons. This was the first one I saw. And so it's cool to hear the commentary for that where he's talking about all of these ways in which he's like creating these parameters and restrictions that force a certain creativity, but also, you know, service the purpose of that movie. And interesting too, where he's like, this is a shot I just lifted from Taxi Driver and, you know, stuff like that. It's, I don't know, it's pretty cool. I've, I've enjoyed, uh, you know, I love going through people's careers and his is sure. one I, I only know bits and pieces of. Ethan Hawke got tons of play for this movie. Like he yeah. Just, yeah. like got nominated for all kinds of stuff. Well, it's got Gollum in it. Yeah. <laughs> you call her Gollum? I call the girl from Modern Family Gollum. <laughs> no, that's they're both a, Gollum. That's a, 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 that's a Ted Two joke. Uh, the, oh! the, the, <laughs> I forgot. So she's a char- she plays a character in Ted Two, but they keep I referring remember. to her as Gollum. <laughs> Uh, and then later at one point in the movie, they're at a Comic-Con and there's somebody in a Gullum mask and they lock eyes. And it is, you know, like there's some guilty pleasures and the Ted series is definitely one of them. Oh, I love those movies. I'm realizing yeah. I need to rewatch that now that you break that. Oh, it's so like, and you know, I have a Ted t-shirt. It says Thunder Buddies for Life. Yeah. And it's got a picture of him on it and like. I will wear that shirt and the weirdest fucking people like the, I don't mean that they're weird. I just mean like you're not expecting to hear somebody 
just go, oh, great shirt. Mm -hmm. I love that movie. You know, like there are these unsuspecting people that just really appreciate those movies. I need to watch them too, actually. They're so delightful. Is that a shit? (laughs) (laughs) You could never touch anything with that hand again. (laughs) Oh, my God. That makes me want to watch both of those and Boogie Nights. Yeah. (laughs) Scotty, mind your business, please. (laughs) Oh, shit. I don't own that one, but I do own both Ted's, so... I keep wanting to get to this place in this horrible coronavirus where I am just like watching movies, but there's this weird thing with work where here's another, you never leave. You never really leave it because you're just there all the time. I fucking hate it. I hate teleworking. I I don't mind not doing it, but I have a guilt about feeling like, am I doing what I'm supposed to do or enough? Because the organization, the larger organization I work for literally supports faculty technology and and class teaching and stuff and online learning so like this is like a lot of them are really overwhelmed and stuff and they keep saying like oh we might need people to pinch in and like that (laughs) just like selfishly i'm like i can't i don't want that to happen i don't know how to do that oh man so stupid that and the weird thing is they've instituted a like 3 30 every day mandatory all staff meeting on zoom which is like like this, basically. And this, I mean, supremely, I, I guess it's just because it's always you and me. Like, this is so comforting to me. Uh, never something that I dread. Always something I look forward to. But, like, I dread these meetings because they're meant to keep people connected in some way. Like, to in case they're isolated or, or whatever. Just can talk to their colleagues and stuff. But, like, we were talking about before. I... I don't crave that. <laughs> I actively don't yeah. want that anyway. And then we get on here and it's like half the people are in panic mode or they're, they're catastrophizing. Like there was one thing like, oh, it's first day of class. It's going to be the first day of class. Everyone's freaking out. First day of class happens. They're like, yeah, there were literally like thousands upon thousands of Zoom meetings across the campus, you know, the whole university. And then, and then like 97% positive feedback. So I'm just like, well, what... Are- <laughs> Right. Don't freak me out. The, the first one I went on to, there was a guy who hopped in because we're talking about 35 some people. Um, he just goes, I don't want to alarm anybody, but the president was just on TV talking about X, Y, Z. And one of the things this guy threw in was like grocery stores are going to be closed. So we might need to think about how we get our food. That scared the shit out of me. <laughs> and of course was false. I just, I'm so annoyed because like we've done four of these now. Every single time I've gone into, I've left them feeling more uneasy and aggravated than when I signed on to the call. Yeah. Oh. I don't want it. I don't need it. Tomorrow they're doing a, an optional, uh, like social hour. And I'm just like, well, there's a one word in there. I'm really excited about. <laughs> Cause optional. Yes. Anyway, sorry. I'm annoyed, but it's like kind of. It's ruining, like, I have to make a point to not let it infect me to torture the bride and, like, ruin an evening. (laughs) Because, I don't know, it's something, I feel bad because, like I said, I'm fortunate enough to be able to be with myself for really long periods of time on end and not feel panicked or upset or especially lonely or whatever. 
I that's just a weird disposition I've grown into over the years. And so it is terrible if people are feeling isolated and need that connection. But I just wish it could be optional for those of us <laughs> that <laughs> I, I, I feel bad saying all this, whatever. Uh, you know, the Moto said something to me. I talked to him the other day. He saw something somewhere that introverts have been preparing for this their whole lives. <laughs> yes. So maybe that uh, that's me. I don't know. No, that's I, 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 I really think that that is so true. Um, in, in, I hate, I, I, you know, I have to, I have to be careful about how much I talk about my work, but I, yeah. I just, <clears throat> my work, it is, teleworking is completely uncomfortable for a lot of the leadership. And so that has resulted in a lot of micromanaging and a lot of like Oof. extra reporting. Oh, so then. And then we're dealing with tech, some technology issues. So our connectivity to be able to do some of the things we need to do isn't happening. So then that generates a lot of like, we're on the phone a lot. And so I can't do anything because they're trying to fill their eight hours. Right. And so if they're talking about what we're working on, then at least they can count that time. But I could connect and be doing my job. Uh, so, but I'm so, but then I'm stuck in these, like, like this today, I was stuck in like a three hour long telecon. Uh, that's uh, how many other people were on it? Uh, three other people. And I don't know. I probably shouldn't be saying any of this stuff, but it just, uh, and then after the fact, like I w was talking to one of the people on there and I was just like, you know, it's, we can't do our normal stuff because of technology issues. And so then we spend all this time spinning wheels on the phone and then it feels, I feel almost obligated to then put a full day work in the evening because my stuff still needs to get done, mm. you know, like. And because we're reporting what we're doing every day, it's really easy for leadership to just be like, hey, I'm going to arbitrarily say that today this is not enough stuff. You should have done more stuff. So, Oh, no. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not yeah. saying that that would happen, but that, like, that, kind of that kind of arbitrary reporting like that where there's no clear guidance on what, what constitutes a full day of work, mm -hmm. you know? Um. Yeah, that makes it hard. Yeah, and sometimes with certain types of reporting, it takes so much time to do the reporting that it really takes away from anything you could actually be accomplishing. I mean, it depends. Yeah. I've experienced that. A lot of well-intentioned people on our side, are like in this, the situation that I'm describing, like they're advocating, you know, take walks, take time away, like, <laughs> like don't work at night, don't work tonight. I'm like, no problem, man. <laughs> like that's not happening. <laughs> but, but for some people, that might be a really good like off the hook type, like, like letting them off the hook. And I don't know. I uh, it's weird because it's they're 
it's called social distancing, but I feel like I'm being forced to be social in ways that I aren't, or I'm not usually. Now, thankfully, I don't have to speak in these things, but I did have to do a little like, you know, tell me about an interaction you had with like faculty, students, et cetera, today. And I'm like, well, today was the same for me as it would have been if, you know, and I wasn't super shitty, but I was honest about it. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I don't do well with the lack of... Um, what uh, with what uncertainty. Did they, how did they respond to that? Like, to oh, that there's honesty? no response. I think they're just looking to gather anecdote. It's one of these things where I feel like, like you've said a minute ago, where because they can't do what they would normally do, they end up talking about it, which then feels like work. I think yeah. for different people, work looks and feels like different things. And for me, it's a very focused deal. Like I have to be, I cannot really multitask, except for like if I'm just like editing video that doesn't have sound and I'm just cutting out all the bad parts, I could listen to something. But that's the only instance of multitasking I can think of. Like I have it's all very focused. Studies show like have proven time and time again that human beings can't multitask. It's like you can be you can switch tasks quickly, but you you really can't do multitasking. So uh yeah I all of that. I, it, it just, I don't like any of it. I, I, and I like, so, and because you never leave it because it now invades your personal space. Yeah. Then you have this added guilt of, did I do enough today? But it's right there. It's, how can I sit here and watch TV when I can see my work computer in the other room? Like, oh. Yep. And enjoy, you know what I mean? And enjoy it when I already feel like I didn't get enough accomplished today and I'm just waiting for somebody to arbitrarily say I didn't do enough. Maybe I should get on and do, I don't. So then now I feel even guiltier because I didn't like break down and do something more, you know? Oh, it's a, like, I hate it. I hate that. I like being able to say, I'm going to go to this place for eight hours and that's my day. And then I leave that and there's a defined break and I leave that there and come to here, which is not there. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, absolutely. That's health healthy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know, but, uh, I have, uh, so I have a suggestion for a podcast, this is a, like completely outside of my um, wheelhouse. I usually am not the one to recommend podcasts, and actually, I'm going to recommend it, and I haven't even listened to it yet. But I love this. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> <laughs> it totally. So the it was uh, my remember my pinball buddy that I was talking about before. Yeah, uh, yeah. All right, love that guy. Yeah, so he uh, he actually sent me this really awesome text message when he listened to that episode, and uh, uh, but he said, "Hey, I was on Spotify the other day, and this recommendation came up in an ad, and it totally reminded me of Long Walk Short Drink, and I listened to it, and it's awesome." So you might know this podcast already. It's called Heavyweight. Have you heard of it? I have not. Okay. So the name of the podcast is called Heavyweight. And it's episode 
I'm I'm just going to jump right to the right episode. So it's episode 24, and the name of the episode is Jimmy and Mark. And I'm going to read you the synopsis and then tell you a little bit more because he actually listened to it. And it if it doesn't remind you, it just like strikes stuff in you, uh, I would be surprised. So it's Jimmy and Mark is the name of the episode. When he was only 10 years old, Jonathan Marshall was sent on a 240-mile bicycle trip, three days across two states with no adult supervision. 45 years later, Jonathan can't stop thinking about the trip or the little boys he made it with. So this guy and three of his friends all rode these 240 miles when they were 10 years old on their bikes to the one kid's uncle's house to go like stay at the uncle's house for like a week. Yeah. And they all, and after that trip, they like, kind of like they had this picture in their newspaper and the story was written about it. And then they like went their separate ways. Like the two were brothers. So they stayed in contact, but the other two kids, like, I guess just kind of, and this is the first time they're reunited, like on this podcast to talk about this adventure and like the one has a copy of the photo and like the other one thought it was lost to time. And I guess, and I guess it's really an awesome episode. And, but his, his show, there's a lot of episodes like that where it's just people looking back at moment. There's one with a woman with a, who was bullied really bad. And so she like, brings on her bullies from high school to like talk to them about that time. And the very first episode is the guy's brother, I guess, or dad and his brother were estranged for like years. And it's like the first time they've talked in decades and because they're both getting old and he wanted to get his dad back in touch with his brother. Wow. So Episode 24, though, I'm going to commit to listening to it between now and the next time, uh, and hopefully it's good, because then we'll talk about it. That sounds fun. Yeah, I'll try yeah. that out. It's It's been weird around the house. Uh, I've been working here, and I'm surrounded by things I, I'm not ordinarily surrounded by, because I need to be upstairs where I would I would usually be downstairs. Um, I got my media all around. It's actually kind of cool to have some of this layout. It's been sort of fun. I'll, I'll kind of miss it, but I'll be glad to get life back to normal but downstairs they're just like a dude working and for some reason i don't feel like i could do i don't it's not just him it's the whole kind of weird uncertainty of feeling like should this feel like work or i don't know what to do and i haven't like been listening to podcasts really or or anything so i think i I welcome the opportunity to uh feel like feel an earth feel like oh i should like Give myself permission. I'm going to give myself permission to listen to this Heavyweights <laughs> episode yeah. 24. I think tomorrow that sounds fun. Uh, yeah, I might, yeah, I, I might have some time that I could probably get it done. So um, I don't think it's very long either. So. <laughs> well, that doesn't scare me either. <laughs> yeah, not like us. So. Um, I oh, actually have gosh. a little bit of uh, a listener feedback, which we don't have very often. Yeah. We got this amazing email that I, I kind of highlighted the portions I felt could be uh, shared. Yeah. And so this was just, this came to us at, or sorry, uh, well, yeah, at, at the email address 
lwsdpod at gmail.com. Simply subject line LWSD. And it says, uh, it, it's kind of long, but I, <laughs> I'll just read it anyway. Which is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's appropriate for, for yeah. our show. Um, so it says, I absolutely love the show. Your relationship with your friends and family is so wonderful. I, I love how, as a listener, I can feel it through the episodes. I finally decided to work my way up instead of down through your episodes. I normally try to start in this order as I like to hear how a podcast evolves, but I, I can't tell you why I didn't do this with your show. I think it's I think it's because I was so interested in, in listening to the newer episodes and not wanting to miss out on your reactions to the latest happenings in the entertainment world and whatnot. I'm not trying to brown nose or kiss up to you. I truly mean it when I say I enjoy the show. The show reminds me in some ways of the old podcast series that Kevin Smith did with his friends and family about growing up in New Jersey, Highlands, a peephole history. I always enjoy hearing about people talk with their friends and family about the past. It gives me that nostalgic feeling mixed in with historical Americana. It also helps that we aren't too far apart in in age from each other, so a lot of what is talked about is relatable to me. I love the responses and reactions to things, especially hearing both of your thoughts on movies and entertainment before it came out. I feel like I'm in the future and eavesdropping on the past as I listen, saying to myself, I can't wait for them to find out about this, knowing that you both have already seen and more than likely reacted to the creative entertainment pieces. Not only do I appreciate what you guys talk about, I really do like that Palmer points out that the podcast is, quote, dude therapy, end quote. Besides all of the jokes and the laughter, the fact that you two are open about mental health absolutely rocks. Thank you for helping in breaking that stigma. I hope you both continue to push forward and in your own ways, let other men know that it's okay and healthy to talk about the things we sometimes bury. You guys rock. Keep podcasting. From John. Ah, man, is that good. That is literally best case scenario reaction. Yeah. Dream reaction that in my mind that if of someone stumbling across these conversations that we ultimately publish <laughs> and it's over and we're done done check the box i know it's that's yeah. that's like how i feel about my favorite show and f- it's so crazy that you mentions that highlands of people history uh because i know that show well but that's kind of a deep cut in the whole kevin smith yeah USQ universe world yeah, that's not one that I knew about. And I I mean, I know he has a whole network of shows, so that was when that was first kind of becoming a network and he was not really making movies and just kind of disgusted by the industry and just really embracing podcasting and the show is literally just him talking to people that grew up in that area. To the extent uh they did one um episode with Brian Quinn who's an, an impractical joker. <laughs> He's on the Impractical Joker show yeah. now. Um, but he, they've he's been in the Viewisk universe since like the mid '90s. Like he was a guy that was a big Kevin Smith fan and like wrote in the early days of the message board. And um, there was something where like he really wanted to buy the Mallrats book. There's this Mallrats book that came out from Kitchen Sink Press, actually the one that published the Crow graphic novel. And it was the it was the script. I don't have it right here, but I have something similarly sized. Who's that? Um, this is another kitchen sink. This is the kitchen sink movie tie-in for Crow City of Angels. But it was like this size, and it was full of pictures and the and the it was like an illustrated script for Mallrats. And uh, awesome. 
and it had that cool uh cover that looks like a comic book which yeah which now that all seems so commonplace but back then that movie did not do well because comic culture wasn't in the mainstream and etc and and even that poster was a detriment to its success but anyway so brian quinn now like super famous at least in those in the true tv or (laughs) whatever they've just get the the jokers have a movie in theaters before they close all theaters but uh anyway so he bursts into some store um and records it and asking for the mall rats book and the guy clerk gives him some shit and he starts yelling at him <laughs> like about in a voice that kind of sounds like adam sandler like a happy madison type uh billy madison yeah. sorry um you know voice anyway so this actually catches the attention of, of kevin smith and eventually he ends up working for view askew and becoming like best friends with brian johnson so when tell him steve dave the podcast gets started up brian quinn goes from the sound engineer to one of the three so it's like Brian Johnson, Walt Flanagan, and Brian Quinn. So Brian Johnson, Walt Flanagan are kind of the Brody, like from All Rats would be Walt, and uh, Brian Johnson would be like Randall from Clerks. Like those are the basis of those characters that yeah. uh, Kevin Smith knew growing up in uh, in Highlands. And so like those guys were natural choices to be on. They were they were doing Tell Him Steve Dave like one day Highlands people whole history another day and all this. But like so Brian Quinn had an episode. And even though he was starting to, you know, get some notoriety as that as his reality TV show started up, or what they like, they never aired it because he isn't actually from that area. <laughs> it's a long, oh, a long oh. walk for a short drink. But that that's all to say that um, Kevin Smith, who has always put his friends like front and center in his movies and then podcasts, and even ultimately the comic book man TV show. Uh, this is just like, I mean, his mom's on an episode, his buddies, but like, if you're familiar with that world, you recognize some of these names, but it could easily just be us talking about Ritman. You know, it's like such inside baseball for a town and, you know, high school. Like Pickle and, and Peanut? Pickle Peanut, Alcid? Oh! You know, all those people? Well, Alcid, definitely. Peanut, was Peanut like the heavier guy that was on the corner? No. Peanut was the guy that lived in the um, Zollinger pits. Oh, I might only know about that from this show. <laughs> and then Pickle was just a drunk that lived down on the south end of town that had a huge belly, but he had a like Jimmy Durant nose that came down over his like upper lip. Whoa. It looked almost like Gonzo. It was like, it looked like a strawberry. It was like big and bumpy. I can't picture it, but I have a vague notion. But this is all like this kind of thing that you you mentioned reminds me of that four five three six five movie that I was talking about earlier. There's something about yeah, yeah that whole small town thing where I don't know. Larry always said that Ritman was like such a great cast of characters. Yeah, um, and uh, it reminds me of. Uh, the show Raising Hope. Have you ever seen that show? I've never actually uh, so, seen it. Just previews for it. So the guy that did My Name is Earl, uh, and here's the VSQ connection yeah. that has uh, Jason Lee and um, the, the oh, big guy. Oh, yeah. Ethan Suplee. Yeah. Jack is, is all ripped fuck right now. now. Yeah. Like, he's like ripped. <laughs> 
I guess he has like a really good YouTube channel on like fitness. So that's absolutely outrageous. Anyways, um, so my name is Earl got canceled and Raising Hope was the follow up to my name oh, is Earl. Okay. Maybe maybe they overlapped for one season, maybe. But it had this Ritman esque feel where it was just a little trashy, but just a little endearing, you know, and was this full cast of like really unique personalities that just really struck me as Ritman esque. Uh, oh, I see. Yeah, Martha Plimpton. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't She's know. She's so this. hot in the show too. Like, oh. And this like milfy mom Go kind on. of way. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the the I don't know if it's the dad. He must be the dad. I'm not seeing his name, but I know him as John Dory on Fear of the Walking Dead. Who that that show is not always great, but John Dory is this glorious character. Oh, he's a and the dad is fan absolutely fantastic. He carries the show. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I might float yeah. this by the bride too, though. I think the the show you mentioned before is gonna be because we finished Outsider. And she was like, when when we watched the last episode, she's like, we can watch this last episode, but I'm going to need a replacement. <laughs> I didn't have one yet, but I still watched it. <laughs> well, that's okay because the um, I'm not okay with this is only like six episodes. It's not very long. And they're like 25-minute long episodes. They're 28-minute oh, cool. long. So it's very quick. It moves very quick. They tell a lot of story, though, in that short amount of time. But you'll be through it really fast. We binged it in like two days. So, um, I'll try that. I might, and I'll float this raising hope. Uh, cause she also likes Martha Plimpton. That was, that was a kind of a standout character just, from her I, youth. You don't even have to watch the whole thing. Just watch like the, I, I haven't even finished what's available, but just watch the first like couple seasons and you'll really get a feel for, oh yeah, this does have a Ritman feel to it. Yeah. And, uh, um, man, but Martha Plimpton and the, and the dad are just, they really carry it and they have this. So her name, I, I I won't spoil anything other than this. Her name is Virginia, right? Okay. And so he has all these Virginia shirts that he'll wear throughout the show. And like one of them has like the outline of the state Virginia. And it says, I'd rather be in Virginia. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. And one where it's like Virginia's for lovers because that's their like slogan, you know, and uh, just it's so freaking awesome. And uh, I, yeah, I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Great joke. Sounds great. We're actually watching um, Shit's Creek. <laughs> you heard of that oh, show? yeah, I heard that's good. It's fun. Yeah. I'm not sure. Oh, because it was um, I think a coworker of hers said that she thought. The coworker thought the bride would like it based on its kind of irreverent nature <laughs> and some other things that she'd mentioned she liked. So she was trying to kind of, you know, to make as an obligation of sorts, you know, you wanted to fall through and something to say you watched it. But we, we were both kind of like, I think this is kind of fun. It's like Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy and Eugene Levy's son. Um, Dan Levy, I think is his name. Um, and they're like a, they're a rich, wealthy family who gets stuck in this like small town and even in this like tiny hotel in the small town. It's really simple. I think it's on or has historically been on the pop network 
which I don't know if you've ever seen or watched anything on that network, but it's a nightmare of just like commercials every five minutes. It's an oh. irksome network to, to the point where like I won't, if a movie's on that channel, I might not even stick with it because <laughs> it's too much. But on Netflix, it's on Netflix. They, they must bleep shit on the pop channel because they say, you know, all the words and oh, wow. uh, it's it's really fun. I and I don't know. It's uh, it was an unexpected unexpected delight uh for us that based on the previews I've seen of Raising Hope if I say like oh this kind of like shit's creek she might go for it. <laughs> Not oh, so much okay. the ribbon angle. I mean she grew up in Medina, but Medina they sort of I think that town has a slightly higher view of itself. <laughs> yeah, that I mean that whole area is really <laughs> something just something i remember when i was working at wctv being surprised at how proud people were of wadsworth i mean not that you shouldn't be proud of where you live but there was a kind of a well wadsworth is a pretty wealthy town man it like, must it, be yeah. it, there's some poverty there's some like impoverished areas of wadsworth but there's some money in wadsworth mm. there's money in Ritman. I mean, there's a pretty big wealth gap in Ritman even, you know, like between living up on the hill and living down on Salt Street. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, my dad, that was the thing. Like he. Yeah. He moved up the literally, hill. Literally. Like like the, <laughs> there's literally the train tracks, right? That like, Oh, yeah. That too. Yeah. So. It, Iconic. I, <laughs> Ritman. It's like all these yeah. archetypes. Yeah. So I'm not shitting on it. I hope my biggest fear is like somebody from Ritman is going to stumble upon it, uh, us talking about, and there are parts of Ritman to shit on for sure. But I mean, I, th- this is just all observational, but there is like a big wealth gap, I think in, in Ritman. Yeah. And I know that it's harder, like that they're, you know, like the, the heroin thing hit there hard. Maybe still, I don't know. Yep. It's definitely different to drive through that town now than when, uh, no diversity whatsoever. Like, no, I guess not. No. Which is a I mean certainly not when we were growing up. I can't I can't remember yeah. any. <laughs> but now like you drive through Main Street and there's literally like bars on the window. There's like a Confederate flag hanging from one of the stores. Oh, it's it's upsetting. Yeah. But then yeah, I'm sure you go up on the hill, it's like a different story. And yeah, West Hill, like the the elementary school we were talking about I mentioned earlier, that's like a whole complex and shit now. <laughs> like where Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, the the they have moved all the kids up to there up to the hill. They're not none of the schools. Oh, that's right. They don't even have down. the what would it be like the middle school Hallenstein Hall and the middle school. Hallenstein Hall and the middle school were torn down. Right. And um North Street was turned into the administrative facilities basically. So like the superintendent oh. and stuff like that. I, and so then up on the hill, one part of the school, I think, does to a certain grade, and then the rest of the kids are up in the high school, like 5th through 12. 5th through 12 are in the high school altogether? Yeah, but Shit. there's wings. Oh, so it's okay. like the, it's not like the 5th graders and 12th graders walk down the same hallway. Yeah. So like the, there's like a, a intermediary wing, and, and, and maybe it's like 7 through 12. Hmm. And it goes up to sixth grade in the elementary school. I I don't know what the split is, but I think it, I know it works like that. Some 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 way like. Well, look at us. We're doing a peephole history of of Ritman, <laughs> the very timidly yeah. and like. 
<laughs> yeah, we don't have anybody that is there now or or just outside of the two of us to help. It might be keep the us. one that brings Larry on the show. Maybe oh! we can get Larry on the show. I don't know where Larry is in the world that where I have no idea. Like if we say his name one more time, he's gonna pop up like Beetlejuice. So like oh. it's not that I want him to pop up, but I want him to pop up of his of his own volition, not because of magic. <laughs> yeah. Dark magic. There's another Ted joke. I that's one of my favorite jokes in Ted Two, is when they're in court and shit's about to go down. They they're like, "There's only one thing that we can do," and we promised we would never do it. And Mark Wahlberg's like, "Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice," and like Ted jumps up and decks him. He's like, "No, you don't know what kind of power you're calling down upon us." Like, Oh my god. I love that oh, your references are both a... from Ted 2, not Ted 1. Yeah. <laughs> I actually remember the jokes from Ted 2 more Holy than I remember shit. the jokes from Ted 1. That's there's great. another there's another like completely inappropriate one that really just got me good when I heard it and <sighs> You got to cut it out. Because it can't go in the episode. Okay. Because it's, because it's, it's really off color. Do a psh. But, so that yeah, I know. <laughs> I forgot completely about that. And I almost pissed my. I'm like, this one is fantastic. <laughs> like, what a sequel. You, sequels are never as good as the original. This is fantastic. Ooh. Oh uh, man, what are we doing? Yeah. I gotta, I gotta watch both of those this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Oh man, my face hurts. Oh, this is yeah. good. So this type of social whatever I'm into, but just don't force this me is... to talk to people I don't want to. Sorry for our listeners, yeah. I'm squeezing my face because it hurts. Hi, my name is Chubby. <laughs> yeah, my name is Chubby. My Chubby. Ah, my name is Chubby. So, um, yeah, so we watch, we watch it. That's all we pretty much watched. Oh, we did. Um, so we finished the original trilogy. Ash wanted to watch the original oh, trilogy yeah. again. And so, uh, we made it through that finally. And we watched the, the current editions of them, like the ones mm-hmm. that are on Disney plus, which would, I would consider to be the most recent editions of the film. They have to be right. <laughs> and it was so endearing that there was a lot of stuff where she's like, why would they even do that? You know, uh, it, it, she could I, tell you mean, Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and the, one of the big ones is the, is they put uh Hayden Christian as the, force ghost at the end of jedi it's not yeah. the old man and it makes sense <laughs> it makes sense from a point that we never saw that man as a full anakin right like so we only saw him as yeah like the, or like an idea that anakin died then as a young man yeah but i don't like it <laughs> i don't like it either it I, I don't like it especially because of the great scene with luke and him and the and you know and his head all right. caved in and, and stuff the, like you've seen that guy and you recognize came, him, and that's where it came back where he came back to the light side, which would yeah. make him the full circle of like he would be that version of himself, right? Right. So yeah. like like Obi Wan's not Uma Gregor, God forbid. Exactly. Even though I love and, him, 
Because when Obi-Wan died, when he became one with the Force, was when he was old Obi-Wan, right? Like, yeah. that's right. And so, uh, uh, they also didn't show, um, you know, in the new trilogy, the bodies disappearing are a big point. Like, that's like you've served your purpose for the Force, and now you get to be one with it. Like, you've you devoted your life to the, the will of the Force. So as a reward, you get to disappear and become a piece of it. That's what happened to Yoda and Obi-Wan. And they come back as Force ghosts. So, uh, you know, Ben Solo gets to, like, disappear. That's what happens to him after he serves oh, his yeah. purpose by killing the... And um, Princess Leia disappeared once, once Ben disappeared she just got to disappear because her purpose was served he like came to the light and did his his duty if anakin comes back as a force ghost why didn't his body disappear that's that's a that to me is a glaring a bigger glare Ooh. that you could fix versus putting hayden christian in as the christensen christian yeah. now i'm second guessing christensen maybe I don't know. That's a good point, though. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Oh, it's Sen. Christensen. So you're right. Yeah. I think. Oh, man. Yeah, Hayden Christensen. So, oh, there's a cute um, picture of him and Mark Hamill. Because <laughs> okay. the first picture, I was like, fuck this guy. I don't even have a problem with him, generally. But uh, then I see him with Mark Hamill, and it makes me happy. Oh, that's nice. They're like pretending um, to force choke the camera. We watched that, and then we watched um, the... Feature length, uh, Clone Wars movie, like the animated Clone Wars movie that starts this that series. Oh, that okay. Good. I have never watched it. My my nephews love that show. They were just the right age, uh, but I yeah. And I, so I saw like I don't know less than five minutes of it with them one time, but that's kind of it's. It. So it's really fucking weird because you know how one of the big complaints about the prequels is like kids don't give a shit about trade disputes. <laughs> yeah, that's like the. And so it's this fucking show that I know has a huge cult following as well as like a huge kid following. And it's about the fucking politics. Like it's not like <laughs> I didn't know that. It's so it's that le it's that kind. Oh. It's that dry prequel style, not the original trilogy, like fast paced. Oh, man. It's that like long drawn out. We're talking in this like really proper way, and like it's still a republic, you know. So, and I'm like, how do kids fucking like this? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> so, that's uh, weird. I'm surprised to hear that. I guess we are closing in on that sort of. Is it a generational shift now that the that the kids oh fuck yeah 20 years ago yeah damn <laughs> 21 now yeah so it's less of a it's like their world now <laughs> yeah <laughs> if uh it doesn't blow up or you know immolate or whatever is happening that's okay because we'll get to make once the boomer remover takes care of all the boomers i heard the that, oh, is that what they're called Instead the of the boomer remover, the Chinese the virus, yeah. fucking idiot. That's so the bride has uh, been that, calling that's me a that. Terrible joke. 
sometimes actually the bride has called me okay but she, she's done an okay boomer twice to me which has oh floored my God, me both times to, oh my gosh yeah I, i'm gonna keep my statement right there in my <laughs> yeah. mouth right yeah but i would what it was is like i was acting like a grumpy old man which i can sometimes do and she she just she goes okay boomer <laughs> totally like puncture it i'll just be like rolling laughing <laughs> that's hilarious I hadn't heard that though. The boomer removal. That's kind of dark, but remover. Yeah. Remover. Yeah. The boomer remover. Ooh. So, uh, well, if that happens, then we get to make, we get to call the shots for the next 20 years. I suppose. Yeah. So. Be like turbo know, kid. <laughs> Be like the turbo oh, kids. Shit. <laughs> I, I just, so, I I know we keep coming back to it. It's so fucking depressing that we just keep talking about it, but I don't know what else to talk about. I mean, the, I the just, pandemic, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like pretty all-consuming. I would just, I, I am not one to follow the stock market or investments or anything like that, but, you know, when you create a new tab in Internet Explorer, it still, like, creates, like, a news feed, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's, like, I would just watch... I'd open it up and just watch the stock market fucking tank and tank and tank and tank and just like all of all of that stuff is awful and terrifying. I just really hope, you know, this is going to come out by the time this comes out, hopefully things have turned a corner, you know, and like by the t- next time we record, we get to be like, oh, man. Isn't it great to be where we are now compared yeah. to where we were the last time we recorded? That was our yeah. COVID-19 so. <laughs> Our COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I this mean. Coven sounds like oven. <laughs> no, man, because that sounds like oven. It's Colvin. Oh, shit. Uh, sorry, you were a yeah. bit thought. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I don't have, I just don't have any wind in my sails with all this. Yeah shit like no i don't i don't either it's it's weird and i mean so we've gone through all the media we've consumed which you haven't even consumed that much i know that's usually the other way around i've been um i've been waking up at like six and working on my um projects and stuff one of which is, is kind of done i mean it's not one of the larger long scale projects but it's like a nice teaser for um cabin kids crams album and kind of the documentary i've been working on that uses that as an anchor but that'll come out in April. So I don't want to talk too much about it now, but, uh, I've been working on that. And so I'm like, I'm trying to be like asleep by 10. And, and you know, this is sort of interesting. I, I, I can't advocate for people to wake up early really because I hate waking up early, but I do like waking up early to do things I want to do. And, you know, especially editing. It's like, you just, I just get up, I get the coffee and I just kind of fall into it and then by like nine o'clock if i'm working from home and i get up at six i put in three hours on my own shit and i'm feeling really good and at least in terms of like the effort i put forth whether or not something happens <laughs> um and then uh yeah it's just a nice like feeling to start the day and then by the time evening comes around it's it's not hard for me to fall asleep usually whereas for a few years it has been and I yeah. think that's because I was in the mode of like starting, I'd try to push at the end of a night to put in an hour or so of work on whatever I was working on. And best case scenario, I got on a roll. But then that meant 
I need to stop and try to go to sleep and shut it all down, which is, which was hard. So it's been kind of nice, but it's funny because it, it kind of cramps the bride's style. She's used to me sleeping in, especially on the weekends. She's like, what do you, yeah. what is this? This is my time up here because <laughs> of the split level. <laughs> She's yeah. like, your time yeah. down there. And so I, I try to try to honor that, but I can't help torture her. And <laughs> I, Ash usually volunteers on Tuesday, so that's how I get bachelor night. Yeah. When I eat my pizza. Moving the pizza. I don't think I knew it was quite that combo. That I'm going to think about that every Tuesday now. I'm just like, oh, he's probably just like eating a pizza and watching a movie. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. It's so fucking awesome. Like, I'll play, like, I'll usually will pick one pinball machine because that, like, I usually only play one a day. Like, I don't. Turn and I only turn on the one that I'm going to play that I feel the urge to play, and I will play at least one every day, right? And so Tuesdays, it's usually like the one pinball machine I turn on will be on, and I'll do all of I'll come home from work and I have to get all of the like necessary stuff done. So, like, Ash predominantly will walk tank in the afternoon. Uh, but if, if I have, if she needs me to, like she's got a meeting or something. And so I have to, she's not going to be able to come home between there and volunteering. So if I have to walk him or I have to do laundry because I put it off or something like that, like I have to get all those chores done before I do, I start my like bachelor routine because once it starts, I don't get anything done. Right. (laughs) And then it's like, so then it's just, I'm bouncing between the pinball machine and like sitting in my chair, looking at my phone and watching YouTube. But then it's like, usually I will, I won't even order the pizza until I picked what I'm going to watch. Cause I'll more times than not, I'll end up like not watching anything because it takes too long to pick. So I'll pick what I'm going to watch. And then I order the pizza and I usually will play pinball until it shows up and then I'll start what I'm watching and eat my pizza and Ash will usually get home when I'm about 40 minutes into my movie. <laughs> so, cause it's, oh. but yeah, by the time we get all that stuff done and yeah. get ready for it, then it's like, you know, I have enough time to eat and, and watch about half of my movie. So something about that bothers me. So I'll be able to be a yeah. little less jealous, but it still sounds nice. What was the last, what was the last movie you watched on one of those Tuesdays? Um, let me think. So I started, I'm not okay with this on one of them. That, oh, that was okay. The last one that I can remember. And then we, I went back and told Ash, I was like, you got to watch this cause it's really good. And I think you'll like it. Um, I did watch a, like a video game documentary. And then I've been really addicted to, we found these two vloggers on YouTube that we really liked. Did I talk about these? The last I don't think time? so. No, no, I don't know them. So, um, you know, I, we watch so much YouTube that our recommended is always changing. Like usually when you see people's recommended, it's, it, it's because they don't watch a lot of YouTube. It's very concise on what's in that recommended section, but ours, there's all kinds of crap constantly changing because we're just watching everything on there and recently i've been getting a lot of recommendations for like history of internet culture Hmm. and that shit like 
I mean, I never, I, I, I definitely was not huge into internet culture, but I at least n- used the internet a lot and, and visited like corners of the internet that I, I thought were unique. But I love hearing about, again, like this, this like subversive, like undertones of, of culture. And these vloggers just do these awesome little histories on great things from that have happened early in the internet and unsolved mysteries of the internet and weird, disturbing things found on the internet. And we've been watching a lot of those and, uh, those have been, so I, I, there are some Tuesdays where it's just like YouTube in a pizza and not necessarily movie in a pizza. So that's all right. That's fun too. Yeah. <laughs> it, the um have you heard of it came from something awful the book? No. Uh I heard I heard about it a while back um it was on the WTF podcast that the author came on. But uh and so the, and the author is Dale Baron B E R A N. I'm not trying to say that name. But he kind of he I guess it came from something awful or maybe something awful was it sort of it tracks when you were saying internet culture, I wonder if I can get a synopsis of this book. I'm it turns out there's an audio book of it, so this might be my end. Um the full title is It Came From Something Awful, How a Toxic Troll Army Accidentally Memed Donald Trump into Office. <laughs> and so the the short synopsis is sorry. Uh the oh no, then it went away. This is essentially like Bannon's minions, right? Like his sort of, it says it's empire like, that he built. Was, uh, actually, it traces back through internet culture. So it says how 4chan and 8chan fuel white nationalism, inspire violence, yeah. and affect politics. So it sort of tracks the thing that went on, that, that basically like with the interference with Russia and social media and all that kind of yeah. stuff. But it tracks it that back to like meme culture and 4chan, 8chan. I had literally never heard these terms before I heard this guy talk. Right. And it's not really like to point blame at this, that, or the other. It was just like, how the fuck did we get here? And so this book sort of posits right. 222 pages, an idea of how that might be. <laughs> and for I mean, 4chan is a massive site with huge communities that mm-hmm. so that there are those th- that can tie right into that, like what this guy is proposing. But then there's also parts of it that have nothing to do with that. Um, yeah, I'm sure. Th- right. These Internet, these guys that I'm watching, the, there's a lot of references to 4chan and it has nothing to do with white nationalism. You know, it's. Just people there are awful talking things about that stuff happen on 4chan. In. It's just a big forum. It's an unmoderated forum where they, you know, like anybody can post anything, basically. So, um, and there's fucked up shit that they thrive on in that in that community, you know. So it's like it's like my fascination with like the skater community. It, I didn't I know love, you had a fascination I, with the skater oh community. Oh my god! I told Ash. I, I've always told Ash. I was like, if I could just break into any kind of like subculture it would be the skater culture like that Whoa. is so fast say it's more so about fucking, this oh, i had no idea gosh. i don't even know what that i'm sure i know what that is you mean like skateboarding it, well like jackass uh king of the road is this fantastic show that was on vice tv 
So Thrasher puts on this, um, every year they put on this, uh, like multi-state scavenger hunt with three skate teams where they get a big book of tricks and a videographer to go around and they have all these objectives that they can go to, but then they also can have to document these tricks out of this book. And there can be all kinds of fucked up stuff. And then there's all these side competitions to see like how many chicks can you make out with? And like where you have to like do a butt chug or like, which is just like, I'm not even going to describe what that is. I think I know. And like, (laughs) uh, all kinds of fucked up shit. That's just, it's, it's that like anarchist. I don't give a shit. I'm just out here to like skate the world Hmm. mentality that just totally appeals to me. So like, so there's this really awesome skater. His name's Andy and he, um, has no teeth. They just keep falling out. He had a really bad drug problem. And like part of the competition is when they go to a city that the, usually the city has a very, it could be multiple, but usually at least one very well-known skater that they will tag that team up with. And then that, so that like guest skater ha- will have local competitions that they'll like local challenges that they'll have to do. So when they went to San Francisco, Andy was their guest, um, their celebrity skater. And one of his challenges was we have to drive around town and yell at hip, yell at yuppies. <laughs> and so like they would just they would just drive around town, and when they saw rich people or people who look who they thought looked rich, they'd just be like, "Are oh, you fucking yuppies?" <laughs> like they would yell that out the window. This is like 2008. Who uses the term yuppie anymore? <laughs> so, um, yeah, but the, like. This internet culture thing is very fascinating to me because to know, like, I was using the internet and it was changing my life around the same time that they're doing this history of, and it was all happening under my nose. You, that, like, I think that's why I, I find it so fascinating. Huh. Is like, there was this whole other world happening when the internet was changing my life. These people were already using it to change other people's lives. You know, so cool. Uh, yeah, really fascinating stuff. So I never would have guessed that about you. Yeah, full of surprises, man. (laughs) You don't know me. Did you know I wanted to be a dancer? (laughs) In Vegas. That was epic. Oh, the bride does that. She's gonna love that quote. For, so there's a visual component to that to our audio <laughs> listeners. That's a tr- uh, quote from Chasing Amy, where Silent Bob speaks in the diner. <laughs> Clave's like Jay. He's like, you don't know me. Did you know I always wanted to be a dancer? She's. He, what does he say? Like shit. The things you don't know about me you can fit in the Grand Canyon. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great, great pull. Oh, there's some um. Uh, comedy specials been dropping i did see one of them uh the i saw mark maron's end times fun on netflix which was cool and oddly oh yeah appropriate <laughs> the thing he keeps saying in that thing is like what's it going to take the sky to be on fire for us all to <laughs> and then <laughs> I, I it really is like there's like a locust plague right now in africa i think in kenya really oh god um there's major droughts somewhere else. 
there's we're supposed to get all this flooding. It it uh, the fucking plague. The plague is happening. Yeah. It really it does look like the end times. No, like, it, it, it some days it really feels like we're in the early scenes of a apocalyptic type movie, like Twenty Eight Days Later or tw- what's the one? Twenty Eight Weeks Later, something about. I only saw that one once. But something about yeah. that feels more like you see the thing happen, whereas 28 days later, the guy wakes up and... Right, right, right. It's already done. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck. It's scary. Um, What's another... Uh, Burt Kreischer's got one coming out. Um, I'm, I haven't seen that one yet, but... Some... Joe Coy, man. You gotta oh, watch Joe Coy. Like... I saw... Well, wait. I think he might have had one come out since the last one I watched. Uh, Seattle, I think, is the latest one, maybe. Is that what it's called? But or he, where it, where it uh, No, that's where it's at. I, I, like, I think it might be in the title on Netflix, but he's been popping up on our Netflix as a joke on Sirius, so that we love that station because they just pull tidbits from oh, yeah. Netflix specials. Uh, but then he also has been popping up on our Recommended a lot. And his impersonation of his mother, like, yeah. I, it, it <laughs> I is fantastic. Like, what? <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> what did you say, Joseph? Like, <laughs> say it again. So fucking good, man. Like, it's inappropriate. I probably shouldn't do that. Oh, I guess, but yeah, thing. yeah. I know what you mean. Reminds me of uh, Margaret Terry's like, thing of her mom. But that's the thing yeah. is like that that transcends a racial border because it's like I, man, that's my fucking mom <laughs> yeah. to a T. Like I, I get that. Like. <laughs> Oh, it's a disposition more so than an accent. Yeah, or <laughs> yeah. And, and like, uh, when he was talking about how Filipino moms just shit on their kids' dreams, when he said he wanted to be a comedian, and she's like, "Who told you you were funny?" Like, like oh, that's how, that's how I think I have heard that. It, uh, it's funny in that Jacob documentary, they talk to his parents. So Jacob's like yeah. this grown ass man. Um, but it's funny because you can hear there's one of the best moments is like this thing where his mom rails on. She sort of, you could tell she was really frustrated by wherever they lived when he was a kid. So I won't give yeah. that away exactly. But then his dad has this kind of, he's like, who would want to watch this documentary kind of thing? He's not like really mean about it, but it reminds me of this thing that Bruce Springsteen always says where it's like the making of a, uh, you know, like a rock star or whatever. It's like, you have to have people as you're growing up, tell you like, you're the, you know, the next, like the second coming of Jesus, but also you have to have this combination of like crippling self doubt coming and self-confidence. This like bizarre give and take between those two extremes. Uh, That is fucked up. (laughs) You wonder why there's so much like mental problems in the fucking world. That's good. Like, and we expect four, four to twelve year olds to be able to decipher between those two. Like I've seen parents, I personally have have like done that to kids. That's fucked up, and we expect them to be able to decipher between those two things and 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 tease out the nugget of like knowledge out of those lessons that's so fucked up and man. sense of self yeah i mean and now it's like the all of the coddling that kids seem to get i don't know i don't know what i'm getting power at. No, like they, they they are given power the coddling is one thing I, we were coddled like i was told it was beat into my head you can be anything you want 
Oh, and never yeah. like the second half that as long as you're willing to work for it, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and so like you can be anything you want, like the coddling I totally get. It's the power thing. Like I always knew who the fuck was in charge, you know, like you can coddle and still do. I don't know how I'm not a parent and I'm not going to even begin to guess it, but that's where I really think the the power dynamic shifted somewhere where these kids were just given all the power. And that's, yeah, I hadn't really heard dangerous. it put like that, but that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Also not a parent. So I can't, yeah. to, do I even aspire to be, I can barely take care of myself. I have to work really hard at it <laughs> just to be a person. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. And don't, I don't want to fucking meet with you. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that doesn't make me a bad guy. I think no. maybe, I don't know. I don't want you to think I'm a bad guy. I'm a bad guy. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> What's, what is so wrong? Like, you don't want to talk to me. I don't want to talk to you. That doesn't mean I don't like you. That doesn't I mean, mean maybe I don't, but, this is... <laughs> <laughs> but who cares? You don't need me. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? And uh, you know what? All this troublesome stuff, this just dawned on me, though. Harvey Weinstein got 27 years and still has to face trial in L.A. That's fucking fantastic. Like, that is good. Consequences for yeah. children and uh, rapists. <laughs> yeah. Fucking A right. So I have uh, really been addicted to chicken. As much as I talk about pizza, I recently I've gone through this. I go through this phase where I like I get a taste for something and I totally stim out on it and eat it too much, you know. And right now that happens to be chicken wings. Oh, and, uh, boneless or so, uh, bone with the bone? Bone in, bone in. Oh, yeah, with the bone. I find them so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. So there's a couple. So we found this place called Roosters. It's a chain, so there might be around you. Okay. Their wings are fantastic. They're big, and it actually is satisfying to eat them. Like, there's enough meat on them that it's worth it. But our favorite wings are these from Kroger. They're called savory wings, and there's no sauce on them. They're just, like, seasoned really well and then really crispy. And, hmm. oh, are they fantastic. But so I dropped the link in here. It's just a vine. It's only seven seconds long. Uh, but you would, it's going to start playing as soon as you click it. So you got to pause it real fast and then drag it back to the beginning. Okay, I'm ready, though. <laughs> so when one of us wants wings or when we get wings, one of us will start this, and the other one will sing it along with them. So let's on three, two, one, play. And that's all the lots all the longer it is. That's all you need. It's <laughs> so fantastic. I love mine so much. But uh yeah man, chicken wings. <laughs> I'll have to give him another try one of these days. Oh, yeah. Certain things like that, crab legs. I'm just like, it's, it's too much work for me. Just give me the meat. You got to be somewhere. <laughs> you have to, like, go somewhere that the wings. So, like, BW3s used to have really good wings, and now they have, like, they're, like, minuscule. There's hardly anything on there. So that would piss me off. But, like, Roosters and Kroger, they these wings are, like, there's, like, three or four bites. Like, it's good, substantial, like, it's it's good. I like them. All right. Man, we're talking about fucking chicken wings, dude. Like, <laughs> oh, we're shit. rat in life. <laughs> yeah. We're quarantined. Man. I'm not watching enough movies. 
No. <laughs> fucking. We got nothing like the, the Stephen King. Nothing to, I, I haven't. Yeah. I tried to listen to. Um, I tried to start, but now I'm not in the car at all. So that's a problem. I tried to start. Fuck. Uh, Dragon. What's the fucking co-written? Dragon. Eyes of the Dragon. Eyes of the Dragon again. And it just wasn't happening. I've actually been. Um, so there's a new Pearl Jam album dropping next Friday. And I've yeah. known that was coming, and uh, I just thought, oh, it'd be fun to to start going through the Pearl Jam like catalog, and so I have, and it's been I've been having a blast, but you know, it's nothing new to report exactly. I'm in nineteen ninety, I've finished nineteen ninety one. Awesome. <laughs> there's a uh, the you know there's the great Pearl Jam twenty documentary that Cameron Crowe did, and there's a nice uh, book accompaniment that or, or, or there's a nice book tie-in called Pearl Jam twenty. And instead of chapter numbers, it's by year. And so I've been kind of like using that, going along, and then just awesome. coming up with a kind of a recording history. It's funny because we talked about this another time, and I realized it's like a shows my age, but it's also something that I'm not that interested to change. But So I'm going through trying to piece together through all of my various tons of Pearl Jam artifacts, like the recording kind of chronology of like, when was this song? Like what if I were just to do this sort of, released outtakes etc from 1990 which what are those and when did they happen and what's the order so i'm doing this and i'm midway through 91 and checking all these like things to try to get some clarity and i'm like i wonder if there's a website that yeah there's a website immediately it comes up website pearl jam recording chronology it's like came out in 2002 says all this stuff <laughs> like well oh, that's man. nice to have the clarity but it kind of takes the fun out of it but it reminded me when we, we did the stand episode and I was going through all these like introductions of the Stephen King books and I had all these papers around me and I think you had Wikipedia and you knew you had all of it <laughs> at your fingertips <laughs> and you were able to like rattle it all off. And I was like, well, 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 well let me go to page whatever of this. <laughs> you look like that, that meme of Charlie Day. From it's always sunny when he's explaining he's got a war wall up. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Yeah, I, I do kind of like the process of all that but uh yeah there are there are faster ways as long as we still have electricity <laughs> anyway well well buddy i look I, let's let's call it i think yeah this was fun i it was good it was a nice little conversation um maybe we'll since we it's been shorter the last few times so maybe um if we're bored in the next couple of weeks we'll hop on again sure. and do a little yeah. short episode so yeah yeah, I don't but. know why that is. <laughs> I even went through. I was going to like, I mean, we went to the Mystery Science Theater or whatever. It was funny. <laughs> There's not a lot to report. <laughs> it was really funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it just, it's a weird fucking time, man. It really is. So. <laughs> the weirdest right. many have lived through and it's quite some time. Well, uh, all right, Long Walkers, let's go through the homework assignments. Uh Listen to episode 24 of Heavyweight. Um, we're going to do that between now and the next time that we record. Jimmy and Mark is the name of that episode. Uh, head over to audibletrial.com slash LWSD. Uh, start your free Audible trial on us and get a free audio book. Um, you can download. What's that one that you? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm curious about this one. It, it came from something awful. That's the main yeah. title. Yeah, so download that. See what you think. Um, email us at uh, lwsdpod at gmail.com. Let us know what you think about the show. We'd love to hear from you. And you might, we might read a synopsis of your letter on the air. Or, well, yeah. while we're recording. 
follow us at LWSD Pod on Twitter. Um, other than that, man. Oh, we're on Spotify now. I mean, if you're listening, oh, yeah, you're listening. Search, search Long Walk Short Drink on Spotify. Yeah. You should be able to find us on there. Because uh, I know that uh, we've been asked multiple times if we were on Spotify. And now we fucking are. Yes. So, so whether or not they've relaxed us- their policies or we've met them, we're there. <laughs> awesome. 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 Uh, hey, buddy. It was great catching up with you. Yeah. Stay safe out there. Don't touch your face and wash your hands. Okay. So, thanks. I got to itch my eye right after I said that. It's, <laughs> like, it's like, as soon as you say it, your face is like, oh, you need to lick your fingers. Did you see that poor lick CDC your finger? Woman? No. Uh, she, like, right when this was all coming out, she had this, like, big stack of papers and she's, like, talking. She just literally says, she's like, so avoid touching your face. And then she licks her finger and flips the, to like flip the page. Oh, of the stack of sure. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking God damn it. Like the one I saw uh, was that guy. I don't know who it was or where, but he was giving this talk and you could uh, like in front of a press conference and his mouth getting dry, mouth getting dry. And he's like, I can't do this. And he walked off. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't even know why. But uh, people are crumbling. Sh- <laughs> shit. Oh, it's fucking awful. Uh, all right, man. Well, stay safe out there. Hug the bride. Uh, hug Eleven and Jeff for Thank us. Thank you. Yes. You do the Poor same Jeff. for Ash, Mika, and Moe's. Oh, man. So, and the Toothless Wonder Tank. That's right. Oh, I'm so sorry, Tank. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. It's the, it was the alliteration of it. I got lost. But yeah. There's no excuse. No, that's fine. <laughs> no, no big deal. All right, Long Walkers. This has been Real, episode 83 in the can. We'll talk to you episode 84. All right. Cheers, everybody. Be well, my friend. Yeah, you too, buddy. Yeah,